I shouldn't have left you without episodes to bless you. But I'm special podcaster, producer, entrepreneur, educator, superstar, MC, friend and folk. But enough about Street P. Now welcome back to my show. Ha ha! Yo yo yo! What up? What up? What up, friends? And welcome to the Ball and Buds Podcast. I am your host, Omar Fonseca, and as always, thank you for tuning in. Yes, welcome back, friends and family, episode number 54. You know we love you and thank you for your support. So I hope that me and all of my buds here at the Ball and Buds podcast have provided you with that entertainment that you've been looking for. Um, And any of the fans that have been with us, uh, even if you haven't been with us, even if you're new, welcome to the family. We will welcome anyone and everyone. We are an equal opportunity podcast here, and we love everyone. And we are looking forward to continuing to bring you that entertainment. And we can bring you more of the things that you're always looking for when it comes to the Ball and Bud podcast entertainment. So, you get me in my overture, and you will also get me in my epilogue and so in my intro i am just going to give you an update on all of the great happenings for the ball and buds podcast also what has been going on with me for the past two months and as well we will get into in my epilogue we will talk about since this episode is going to be centered around our interview with our MLB insider Mike Weeby the outro will be focused on MLB's new partnership with CBD brand Charlotte's Web and how that could open up more CBD, hemp-derived products, and possibly even cannabis products down the line for all of our different sports leagues, which would be great for the medicinal benefits and health purposes. So, stay tuned for that. Buckle in, strap up, let's get hit. Shout out to my little friend! But first, you know how we like to start here at the ball and Buds Podcast with Omar's Overture. So let's kick this bad boy off. And so, welcome back again, friends and family. I know that it has been a couple of months since I actually released a full-length episode. I have kept your buds earbuds those are satiated with clubber d's ufc previews and reviews but since we last had a full-length episode where we interviewed jay from unfair sports it has been a couple months so what has been up with ball and buds well first of all if you did not know from the previous episode or the videos on our youtube channel then you would you may know that I broke my tibia. So back uh, in February, I broke my tibia and have been unable to walk for about three months. 
And I need to give a huge thank you to my parents who my mom flew out the day after I got injured for my emergency surgery and stayed with me the first couple of weeks when I couldn't walk, helping me hand and foot. She is an amazing saint of a woman and I love her so much. And then my dad has been out three times since then, since my mom had to go back to work. Uh, he has been a blessing as well, helping me and I love him very much as well. So I just had to give a good, huge shout out to my parents, the greatest dad in the world and the greatest mom in the world and all my family and friends, I love you all. He's with the millions. And so uh, with that, having to teach, running my business and all of all of that stuff, I had to take a break from full podcasting episodes to work more on the video channel. So if you are not subscribed, you should be. Go to YouTube.com, please, right now for us. Help support the Ball and Buds podcast. Go to YouTube.com and we are at Ball and Buds, B-A-L-L-A-N-D-B-U-D-S. Go ahead and subscribe, or as the kids say, smash that subscribe button. Give us a rate, give us a review, give us some likes, watch some videos. Uh, we are trying to build that channel up as we expand partnerships. Ball and Buds has been growing and is getting more promotion as we have recently partnered with Let's Talk Sports Network, who has also further expanded with the Sideline Sports Network. So shout out to Dan over at Let's Talk Sports, DDH and the crew. Shout out to them. And then Let's Talk Sports now has a partnership with Sideline Sports Network. So Ball and Buds is excited to be a part of all of this growth. And we are happy that you are still joining along with us in this amazing journey. That being said, I'm 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 recovered now. I am walking with a cane. Uh, I'm finishing up my latest class that they asked me to come in and teach because the other professor had to drop out midway through. So I had to come in and save, uh, you know, like John Franco or Derek White, maybe uh, a little relevant now. How'd y'all like that game? Go Celtics. Let's fucking go. Yes. How about it? Derek White coming in like just a magical figure, just rising to the occasion and winning the game at the buzzer. And now we go to game seven tonight. And I already called it. I said if it if they won three in a row and got it back to Boston, there's no way that Boston's not going to win. Boston is winning this series and we will have a Boston Denver NBA finals starting this Thursday. And dying in your beds. Many years from now, would you be willing to trade all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! That being said, before we get into the main episode where we will interview our MLB insider, Mike Wiebe, about the new rules in baseball, including the pitch timer, the bigger bases, the 
infield shift restrictions and also the schedule changes. We'll also get his opinion on the best teams, the worst teams, and the best players and who his predictions, early, early predictions are for end of season awards. That being said, I did want to give a rest in power to some people that we lost recently two powerhouses in the sports and entertainment world first a couple weeks ago about a week and a half ago we lost jim brown the running back for the cleveland browns and subsequently civil rights activist and hollywood actor we'll talk about his life and career a little bit and also as well rest in power to tina turner the queen of rock and roll yes we will get in a little bit about her career as well and give them both the rest in power and then a couple others who we're not going to get into their stories but wanted to definitely give them a rest in power as well recently jerry springer and andy rourke so here in 2023 so a rest in power to them as well but sports and entertainment we want to focus First on Jim Brown, he's right, larger than life personalities in the NFL or the sports world of all time. Uh, Jim Brown had a very complicated history, but if you're talking purely sports, which we'll get into everything else too, but if you're talking purely sports, which is the first thing you look at when you look at him as a running back, right? He played for the Cleveland Browns, played nine years, and by far is still regarded as the best running back of all time all of these decades later um because of how dominant he was and how how he just ran rough shot over the league for the time that he was there uh he was also a civil rights activist so he was also at the 1967 Cleveland Summit, where he met with the other country's most influential black athletes, including Bill Russell, uh, Lou Alcindor, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Muhammad Ali, among others, who were there to, again, right, trying to establish more economic power for the black community. He also went on to, uh, you know, famously bring the Bloods and Crips together to facilitate a truce for a period in time. So he did a lot of good there in the community, but he will also be known as, again, it was a complicated life he lived. He admitted to uh, abusing multiple women, um, slapping, whatever it is. Again, right, not something that we condone at all. Uh, and so we definitely want to make sure that that is included in the story because it does need to be part of the story, the good and the bad. And, you know, here we don't shy away from that at Ball and Buds. So he did have his, um, you know, the uh, abuse of women, multiple women, domestic violence situations that he admitted to. Um, and then also, right, you also have the other side of things. He was also the Hollywood actor. So famous in a lot a lot of movies um, liked by a lot of people as an actor. So again, just different sides to the coin, but as strictly an athlete, he is probably the greatest running back. In my mind, he is the greatest running back of all time. But also, he has the rest of the complicated history that goes along with him. That being said, none of us are perfect, and so we want to give a rest in power to Jim Brown. 
Now, Tina Turner. Yes, Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, born Anna Mae Bullock. She was actually Swiss. I didn't know she was uh, uh, Swiss. Uh, her family was of Swiss descent. She originally rose to prominence as part of uh, Ike and Tina Turner, um, and then afterwards, right, going on her own to becoming a huge solo star. So in the 1980s, after working with Ike Turner and all of that stuff, which again, right, involved uh, abuse and things like that, Ike Turner well known for abusing Tina Turner. Um, so again, complicated histories with all of these people. Uh, but Tina Turner, one of the greatest acts in rock and roll history. In the 1980s, she launched what is called one of the greatest comebacks in music history. Her 1984 multi-platinum album, Private Dancer, had the hit song, which I absolutely still love. What's love got to do with it, got to do with it? Oh, I might. I don't want to get fined, so I'm just going to stop right there. Um, but <laughs> I don't even know if you can get fined for singing, can you? I don't know. Anyways, um, she it won her Grammy Award for Record of the Year and became her only number one song in the Billboard Hot 100, which was very surprising to me. I thought she had more than that, but that was her only number one. Uh, she was also the oldest female solo artist in the top 100. She sold over her career 100 million world records worldwide. She received overall 12 Grammy Awards and also the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. She was also the first black artist and first woman on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Wow. Wow. And then Rolling Stone has ranked her, obviously, amongst the 100 greatest artists and singers of all time. She has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and has twice been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, first with Ike Turner in 1991, and then as a solo artist in 2021. We salute you. Rest in power to the queen of rock and roll, Miss Tina Turner. And rest in peace to all those that we've lost. Our Major League Baseball insider, Mike Wibby. Welcome to the show, my friend. MLB insider, Mike Wibby. My brother, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How you doing? Hey, we are hanging in there, my friend. We are getting things done. The ball and buds is blowing up. Uh, I know that uh, we recently, uh, the big news was Ball and Buds has recently hooked up with Let's Talk Sports and also the Sideline Sports Network. And so we are uh, blowing up and getting some good promotions. So make sure you all go and check them out as well on YouTube. And our YouTube Very nice. channel, you know, is at Ball and Buds. So my brother, uh, we are here to talk about baseball. I know we wanted to get you in before hey, the season started. Before... Before we yeah. talk about baseball, yes. um, all right, I need you to, to rank the Celtics game last night, that, that the low of the low and then the high of the high that happened right after that, all time, your favorite personal sports moments from your teams, where does that, where does that sit? Is it on the Mount Rushmore? Is it, wow. where, where's that after you? That was, that was insane <sighs> last night. It's got to be on my Mount Rushmore, right? It's got to be, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I would think maybe... 
you know, uh, the I mean, I was I was barely old enough, but I started watching the, the Mets with Bill Buckner between the legs. So that would mm-hmm. be something, uh, you know, maybe the when the Garnett Pierce uh, you know, Ray Allen won the championship in 2008 would be another one. Yeah, this would have to be up there, dude. It was the craziest crazy. thing I've ever seen. Like, it was like, wait a second. Okay, uh, we missed the three, game over, series yep. over, we're going home. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Derek White just floats in like a magic angel, like yep. angels in the outfield. He's just like- <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, Duncan Robinson owes, owes that team – the whole team dinner for a month after the the last five minutes, what he did out there, that, that three, he missed that wide open three where there was no one within 15 feet of him, right at the top of the key. I, I can't believe any NBA player would miss that shot. You know, it wild, wild to see. Especially him. Cause that's what he's Especially supposed to be him. there to do. So, yep. Yep. wow. Yeah. What a crazy game. And there's actually, it's actually really funny. You brought that up because just this morning I was watching a bleacher report highlight yeah. and it was this people at a wedding in, I guess, Miami and they are watching the shot. They see the three miss and the whole wedding explodes. They oh have gosh. like, they have like smoke cannons. Yeah. They have like Miami heat flags mm-hmm. that they're running around with. And then all of a sudden about 10 seconds in, Womp one of one of them realizes on his phone. He's like, "Wait a second, guys, this is not good." Mm-hmm. And then the the camera just goes dark, and that is what is happening to the Miami Heat season because there is no way on God's green earth that they will win Game Seven in Boston. I will tell you, I was there last year. Omar, I watched them, one. but I watched them win a bunch of games in Boston like a week and a half ago. That's fine. <laughs> Game seven in there Boston is, is to- something totally different than yeah. I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah. well, good luck. No matter what, it's been a been a fun ride this this series. And you, you get if you win, you'll get a well rested, uh, cardiovascularly vascularly fit uh, Denver team that's uh, ready to go. So, good luck. Well, and and this is my thing about that. And I said this yesterday on the Albert and Canteen uh, podcast. Shout out to them for bringing me on yesterday. Um, But I was saying that I think the rest is going to hurt the Nuggets. I think whoever comes out the East is going to win just because it's been, you know, eight days rest. Hey, uh, (laughs) I will will politely disagree. I think getting pushed to seven games mentally, physically, the travel, they've been sitting at home, laying in their – their hyperbaric chambers and getting massaged and I, yeah, I'll, I'll take the guys getting massages over the guys getting run in circles any day of the week. So I said, man, you got a uh, joker over there being lazy, little tater tot running down the court. Can't even jump two inches off the ground. The tater tots are his, uh, they're like his power pellets, his Pac-Man power pellets. They're his spinach. So uh, <laughs> it's Popeye spinach. He, he's just been out in the bag, just popping a uh, pop of tater tots like now and later's. He's gonna come back stronger than ever. <laughs> I love, I love how he, I love how he has the cargo shorts with a Napoleon Dynamite uh, pocket full of tater tots. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's nice to know that I maybe I do have the body of a professional athlete. It makes me feel good sometimes, and the vertical leap of you know an NBA MVP I, it makes me feel real good. So you can be you. the you can be the dad bod demigod. I Amen. like it. <laughs> I can jump. I can jump over like three credit cards. I don't know if he can get over three. So. No, I can guarantee you he cannot at all. Oh, man, I love having Mike Weeby on. Great conversation we're starting off with. But let's get into the real thing we came to do, which is talk baseball. We have not been able to get together yet this year, but obviously there were a lot of changes 
right? We had the pitch timer, which is yep. the major change. It has mm -hmm. uh, lowered game time by average of 31 minutes per game so far. We have the bigger bases. We have the shift restrictions. My friend, how do you feel about all these changes? What are you hearing about how the players are reacting to these changes and anything else you have on it? It's it's all great, man. I, I, I love watching the game. It's It's been very nice to, you know, on the East Coast at least, have these games end at, you know, 10-15 instead of, of, you know, 10-45-11. Um, the, the speed of the game has been a lot lot faster pace. You know, time's cutting about 30 minutes off. I love seeing people steal bases again. Um, I love seeing seeing the proper amount of players in the infield and, um, you know, seeing players be able to hit the ball up the middle again. You know, shouldn't be punished for that. I'm sure they could find a way to hit the ball to uh, the opposite field as well. But, you know, it's it's all the rules have been great. The only one I think is kind of weird still that I'm not quite used to is the 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 throws over to first base, the throws over to the occupied bases where you only get, you know, two disengagements per uh, per at bat. Kind of strange. Um, not quite sure I get that one. Two, two seems a little low, but there haven't been any real major uh, issues with it. So I guess it's I guess it's working pretty well. Well, the, the major issue there is that right now with the two disengagements, as you mentioned, after that second one, the base stealer now pretty much oh, yeah. has free reign to stealing yep. that base. Yep. And yep. so, no, go and, ahead. You know, watching, watching these players start running bases again, it's been so much fun just seeing these guys just take off again and, you know, not worrying as much about, about these, you know, the three outcomes, the strikeout, the walk, the home run. It's kind of nice seeing guys guys hitting over 300 again in the league and, and seeing guys move runners again and, you know, seeing a lot more of the, um, you know, a lot more guys bunting runners over to get runners in scoring position because guys can hit singles again. And, you know, we're not stacking the infield. It's just been, it's been a lot of fun. It's made the, it's made the game a lot more interesting to watch a lot more fast paced and a lot more exciting for me. And not, not just because my team has been winning finally for the first time in, in five years, six years, but, Oh, yes, my friend. We will get into those O's in just a second. Um, now, last year in the minors, stolen base attempts were up by 26%. They haven't seen that large of an increase, but we are seeing a lot more stealing to the point where we may have our first 40-60 in Ronald Acuna. Um, so uh, um, I, I know you feel really good about the offense. Do you think, though, looking at it from a different angle that it could be a problem eventually if it's too much offense and then we balloon back into that era and it seems like we just keep this you know vacillating back and forth between offense and no, no offense no no it's not it's it's not a problem if if it's a you know they think it's a problem with stealing bases the pitchers are going to have to adjust the same way that the batters have had to adjust to every team having four guys that can come in and throw 101 every game i mean what's good for the goose is good for the gander and everyone's got to adjust their professionals. I got to figure it out. Um, so yeah, I have no issues with it. Um, you know, I've, I'm still seeing the one thing that's driving me crazy, which are these catchers catching on one knee, which absolutely fries my brain. So until they stop catching on one knee and, and are, are in positions to field the balls and to attack the runners at the bases, I don't want to hear anybody complaining about people stealing bases or, or anything like that. So. Ah, and I can't say anything. because It's terrible. I, I don't understand it. I do not get it. 
It makes no sense to me. I, I've seen so many games just end on a pass ball because the catcher's got he's doing the doing the splits with a runner on third. It's 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 absolute madness to me. Pass balls, balls being thrown into the outfield, things like that. Yep. Now, again, I, I can I can say nothing because mm-hmm. Francisco Alvarez, our catcher, rookie catcher, is like the spearhead of this mm-hmm. generation of he he won't do anything unless it's from his knees. Yeah. He won't yep. throw. He won't. He doesn't even take his mask off to catch a pop up, which I don't understand. <laughs> but hey, maybe that's something yeah. they teach nowadays in the minors. Mm-hmm. Um, these kids are getting wild, my friend. But I can't of- imagine Buck being okay with that. Of all the managers to to let that, I can just see him yoking him up by the collar and like, you know, having a conversation with him in the shower that he don't want to have. <laughs> Buck is getting soft in his old age. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> he will still give you a quick side eye, but he's yeah. he's getting a little, he's becoming a little softy. But anyways, let's talk about your O's. The Buck Showalter link there is to the Orioles. Your O's, the Tampa Bay Rays. What is going on? The Yankees are still there. Boston. Every team in the AL East has a 500 or above record. Um, start with your Orioles and then go into the AL East, my friend. Yeah, a little, a lot ahead of schedule for me. I, I figured we wouldn't be here till next year. Um, I thought this team would be floating around 500 again. And, you know, I was going to be happy if we got to this point of the year and we were still somewhere around 500. I didn't expect to be. 15 games over 500 at this point in time. Um, it's been a lot of fun, man. Team's young. You know, usually you see this mix of veterans and young players, but it's just mostly mostly young players and guys that have been there for for a couple of years just learning together, coming up through the minors together. And, um, you know, they just tore everything down, rebuilt everything from the ground up. And, um, you know, the the young guys that are up now, is a different strategy than I'd seen before. It's a little different than what the Astros did, even though it's kind of following that pattern where, you know, you get all these guys and you keep them together in the minors and they learn to win together in the minors while the team in the, in the majors is absolutely in the toilet. Um, (laughs) And, and that's, that's what's happened. So you're seeing, you're seeing these guys come up and you, you got a mix of the guys that came up last year. Adley's kind of ramping up and getting where he needs to be. And there's still, we're able to win while still taking time for guys like Gunnar Henderson to be learning how to how to play still in the major leagues um, and not just sitting, you know, turning over at bats and AAA, destroying everyone. Some of these guys are getting a real chance to to show what they can do in the majors while still winning games, which is which has really been interesting. The division is a absolute monster. I don't you know completely expect us to be in first or second place when the season's over. Um, just with as close as everybody is. And, um, you know, our, our margin of error is a lot thinner than most other teams. You know, they can – veteran pitching that exists on a lot of these other clubs, there's more depth there that, that we don't have. You know, if we lose a starter, we have to go to AAA and get a 22-year-old where the Yankees can, you know, can, can call someone up or, or you know, get a, get a veteran from some other team pretty easily with the, you know, with their financial situations, same with the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. And um, so, you know, that, that leeway is a little bit smaller with us. So I don't expect it to to last the whole season, but man, it's been a lot of fun to watch a lot of, a lot of fun to see beaten up on, on the Yankees and the Red Sox who swept the Jays a couple weeks ago and just a lot of fun to finally see. So. Woo, the O's, the O's drinking the Natty Bows in Baltimore. Yes, the O's are are the hit. 
Um, uh, Tampa Bay, as as you mentioned as well, right? What a yeah. start start to the season they had. Talk about that winning streak yeah. they had. I, man, I'll tell you, there. I've seen two teams that have really like made made me get those big Japanese animation eyes when I was watching them play. It, the first was Atlanta. Atlanta Atlanta was so good. The, the, I've watched so many games already this year. They're easily the best team I've seen. The best best starting pitching I've seen. Great bullpen. Their lineup from top to bottom is incredible. They're pulling guys off the bench. They got they've just got a great. Their team is perfect. It feels like their their team is built to win today. Right now they're they're ready to win. Um, the other team is Tampa. Tampa's they're you know they're they're using that same formula they they've been using. You know, starting pitchers go through the lineup Every twice, year. and then they're just cycling in these arms that come in and just throw fireballs from different arm slots, left-handed and right-handed, and they got arm slots going everywhere. And um, they play great defense. They 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 hit. A, I know they're leading the league in home in home runs, but they you know. I'm, the fundamentals of what they do with moving runners is is really incredible, and their, you know, their ability to get guys over and get guys in without the long ball has been a lot of fun to watch too. So, those are the two best teams I've seen, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to to see if anyone can take those two teams down. They're the best I've seen so far. Yeah, I, I cannot disagree with you at all. They are definitely by far the the two best teams that have been playing so far. Um, they've uh, and and again. Right, Tampa Bay, they do this every year, like you said, mm-hmm. right? This, they, this is what they do every year. This is their formula. And yeah. still, somehow, there are no Tampa Bay Ray fans. Where are y'all? <laughs> They're hanging out with you, the Ace fans. Like, yeah. why do you not exist when your team is so good? Have you been to that stadium? Derek took us. Uh, shout how'd out. That, how'd that go? Uh, it was about 10 people with us uh-huh. uh, in, a, in a beautiful afternoon game. I could hear I could hear you yell from the outfield to me on the third base. Yeah. Was it was it a place you'd want to go back to or I mean the stadium was cool. It was a good experience. Is it the best stadium? No. But could I have more than 200 fans, please? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean they're 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 gonna lose that team at some point in time, I would imagine. So they're they're gonna go the the way of the A's at some point in time. So as I keep saying, come on, Tampa Bay, us here in Nashville. Mm. We are waiting for you to become the Nashville Stars. Yep, I think you're. I think you're a lot closer than you probably think. So it's a shame to see that. You know, terrible to see that happen in Oakland. I mean, Oakland's. How many teams have they lost? They, they lost. Everything. They lost the the uh, they lost the Warriors, right? Warriors. They moved the Warriors to San Francisco. Yep. Lost the A's. Mm. Uh, they lost the Raiders. You already know that. They lost three professional sports franchises. Wow! In what four years? Five years for for a for a city that has yeah. such a long history. Like these teams have been around Oakland for 40, oh, yeah. 50 years. Yeah. Yep. These aren't new teams. These are established teams with histories, and um, it is it's it's kind of sad to see. I hope uh, I hope they figure out how to how to house a team at some point in time. Yeah, it's definitely sad. They may need not even have a chance for a while to house a team, uh, but at least for our buddy uh, uh, Derek that we just shouted out, shout out mm-hmm. to you again. Uh, both of his teams are in Vegas or are going to be in Vegas now, so at least he can just become a Vegas yep. fan. There he goes, yep. And, and when the team moves, they'll have a chance. They'll have a chance to spend some money and, um, you know, They'll, they'll be able to be a real team, at least at some point in time. I, now, I saw the renderings of the potential ballpark, and it was across from the MGM Grand, and I'm like, why didn't you put the Raiders stadium there? It would have <laughs> looked so much better. Well, I think they can use the baseball stadium in the offseason 
but the football stadium's too big. Oh, right. You're looking at because the football stadiums are they're usually housing what like ninety, a hundred thousand now, and the, yeah. the baseball stadiums are usually housing around forty thousand. So they can repurpose that in the off season for mm-hmm. Beyonce or whoever to to come in there and and do a week and wouldn't be a problem. I need a. I, I just need, it doesn't matter who they, who it is, a Beyonce residency at the Oakland A's. <laughs> yeah. At home plate. Just keep the plate there on the <laughs> middle of December. It's still hot as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just yep. That's great. Yep. That's tremendous. All right, cool. Um, so obviously, right. They made these changes. They made the schedule changes to where all the teams now play everybody. They made all of these changes and hope for better rhythm, better plays, mm-hmm. uh, better offense. Yeah. All of these things, and it's starting. It, it, I agree with you completely that things really are uh, working out for them. Yeah, it's when been. They make it was. Team. I'll tell you. It, it it's. It was nice to uh, to see like the Angels come to Baltimore. They're coming this year. They're, if I want to go next year, go see Mike Trout. I can go next year, or the year after that, or the year after that. Not once every six years, or every three and a half years, or whatever it takes for the the West Coast teams to to fly back and forth. You know, it's. It's nice. It's nice to know that we're not going to be playing two thirds of our games against the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Yankees. Um, you know, we also get to play the Guardians and the White Sox and the Royals and 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 Oakland. We get to play all those teams a little bit too. So it's it's been refreshing. I'll tell you that. Speaking of, let's shout out the other D brother and his horrible, horrible White Sox. <laughs> what is happening? There is can't not pitch, a man. There's not a – dude, none of their starters have under like a 4.5 ERA, dude. It's wild. Giolito, all those guys, you just you just think are coming into the season, you're like, yeah, they'll figure it out. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Guys can be great one year and just turn around the next and it's gone. I yep. mean, I, I keep it's picking tough. Dylan Sees as my AL Cy Young and he keeps just screwing me. <laughs> right, I have a feeling he'll be – I have a feeling he'll be wearing my orange and black come uh, – Come July or August, something like that. Yeah. Whoa! One of, one of those guys is. One of, yeah, one of those guys is. If not all of them are getting moved. Oh yeah. Um, oh, oh yeah. If, if I'm, if I'm the White Sox, I'm. I, I kind of want to get out of all of them. Um, mm-hmm. get away from all of them and just start over, because this ain't working. What they got going right now, it ain't working at all. They need a total rebuild. They tried to bring yeah. in Pedro Griffin as the new manager, but, you know, mm-hmm. El- Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, none of their young players are batting well. As you yep. mentioned, their whole staff uh, from, you know, C's to, to Giolito, no one yeah. is pitching well. And as you mentioned, they're all getting traded. They're all getting traded. They're, they're Anyone good on that team is gone. Yep. It, it's they gotta they gotta start over. They they just have to. So let's 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 stay here. Let's stay mm-hmm. on the trade deadline. Do you see any major players getting traded? And <coughs> I uh, sort of mean Shohei Otani, but uh, they're still in the race. What are you thinking? Yeah, he's not getting traded. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be the team that picks Sam Bowie, you know, over Michael. They're not. They're not gonna do it. They're not gonna let him go. You can't do that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot. Of, it's funny. There's there's just not a lot of these players out there that are in the position to get traded right now. You know, a lot of the guys that are going to become free agents have another year or two um, of arbitration left and they don't, they don't have to, um, you know, they don't, they don't have to get traded right now. So, um, but yeah, I see a lot of, a lot of pitchers are going to get moved. It, it's, it's, there are a lot of these teams that are kind of not coming out of nowhere, but have the opportunity to, to make some runs. Like 
If I'm Pittsburgh, I'm going to try to get a pitcher still. I know they're only a game out of, you know, a game over 500, but they're only half a game out of first place. So, you know, why, why wouldn't you try to go out there and get one of these veterans that you can rent for a year or, um, you know, keep close. And, and I like it. I think, you know, a guy like Corbin Burns, I think if the, um, if the Brewers start to slide, I think he's a guy that could go. I think he's one of the, the few people that is hitting free agency after this year. So, and they're not going to give him the 30 million or whatever he's going to want. So, um, they might as well try to get something for him while they can. And, uh, so I'm, I'm excited about it, you know, about the trade deadline. I always am, but, uh, I just love watching the whole thing like reset out of nowhere. It's always fun. <laughs> oh, definitely. I, I, I love all sports trading deadlines. They're mm. always fun for me. That being said, all right, well, we've talked about a lot of the, you know, really uh, good contenders. What are you seeing? Let's go ahead and get your early, right, early midseason predictions of what you're seeing so far for your MVP, Cy Young, World Series picks, my friend. Look, you don't even have to ask who my AL MVP is. We've been over this every time. If if you think anyone but Shohei Otani is the MVP, fuck out of here. Get, go. Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from anyone. I don't even want to hear the, the judge thing last year after the season he had. I get it, but no. Uh-uh. Not doing it for me. In the National League, I think if the if the Mets can hang around, I think Pete Alonso's got a real good shot there with the way that, that he's been putting up, you know, those, those home runs and, you know, he's hitting, you know, clutch homers and, driving in, driving people in. And I mean, he's been, um, yeah, he's had, he's had quite a, quite a start to the season. He's been the really polar excited. Bear. I love the polar bear. I know <laughs> it's been pretty wild. Um, you know, Cy Young, McClanahan and Tampa Bay, probably if, if he keeps pitching like he is now, I don't, I just don't see anyone else. that's really going to be able to, to, to come in there and, and really throw a, a, a monkey wrench in there. Um, you know, if you're looking at the National League, Logan Webb, I guess, has had a pretty good start to this year. No one's walking away with it so far, so I can't – it's hard to, you know, really put a – Spencer Strider, if he can come back healthy, has a good shot. Um, there's there's a lot going on over there, but there's a lot of time left. That's the other thing. It's still oh, it's so early. early. I mean, Super we're, early. We're barely – I don't even think we're a third of the way through the season yet. Um but you, you kind of get a feeling of where you are. Maybe Zach Gallon has a shot in the National League as well. Uh, there's still just so much time left. You, you just can't tell who's going to get hurt, who's not. But yeah, just um, watch your just one of your early leaders in the clubhouse sort of yeah. thing. Yep. Uh, what about your early World Series predictions so far? What are you looking I, at? Like I said before, I, the team I saw that looked the best was the Braves, and it wasn't particularly close for me. That team was fantastic in every aspect of the game. I mean, they could run, they could field, they could hit for average, hit for power. Mm -hmm. They had great starting pitching back end of the bullpen looked great. Mm -hmm. Um, that they legit could bring out three top tier starters that could, that can really stand up with, um, with the Dodgers when they're, Mm -hmm. if they're at full strength come playoff time. Um, and their offense is just head and shoulders above what the Dodgers can put out there right now. And I think it's going to be very tough to beat them. In the American League, I mean, Tampa's been really good, but... We know. Don't get fooled by yeah, Tampa. You know, the, the playoffs are different. They're just a different animal. Um, and, you know, I'd like for them to be there. I'll, I'll always root for teams in my division. You know, the division I, 
my team's in except the Yankees to, um, to, <laughs> to do well in the playoffs. But um, yeah, I guess if I had to pick right now, I'd still probably pick Tampa. They, they seem to be the most well-rounded, but I, it's hard to pick against Houston when you look at that team. And um, even, even after losing Ver, Verlander, you still look at him and you just go, man, that team is deep everywhere. And, you know, it, it really is. They're, they're a really, they're going to be a good team for a long time. Yeah, those are the two most complete teams in the league, even though Tampa mm-hmm. Bay is having a better season than both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the I think the Astros and Braves, as composed, are two more deep teams with more roles, more bench, better starting pitching, better bullpen, everything yeah. like that. And I would agree they are the leaders in the clubhouse for that, uh, for that World Series early now. Um, that being said, there are a couple more questions I wanted to ask you that I forgot to ask at the beginning at the top. Um, but... These were a couple of controversial uh, issues from the offseason. The World Baseball Classic. We had a bunch of injuries. Uh, I know that you and I talked about this offline. Mm -hmm. um, But what what are your thoughts on the World Baseball Classic? Should it be played? When should it be played? Should it be played before the season, after the season? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it should be played. It was great. (laughs) Of course it should be played. I mean, it was anybody that watched it. The people that are complaining about it are the people that didn't watch it. Right. And, and I don't know and, if they've got Mets fans who lost. And Met, yeah. And Mets, <laughs> the stuff happens. I mean, they do it in every other sport. FIBA plays tournaments that, you know, Olympics and all the World Cup games. It happens in every other sport. Mm-hmm. Um, it was incredible to watch. I had a blast. Um, I wish they did it more often. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that, you know, now that, you know, COVID's kind of calmed down a little bit, we're, we're going to be able to have it hopefully on a more regular basis. And it's not something that we're going to have to wait six years or whatever to, to watch again. Um, but yeah, they should do it. And they should, I, I think before the season, right when they did it, was probably the perfect time. Okay. Um, I, I I don't want to see it at the end of our season because then there's going to be nobody healthy. Uh-huh. I mean, at the, who, who's going to play? It, every player that played in the playoffs, just immediately take them off. Take them out of the – they're not going to play. That's right? true. They just played yeah. a whole season. They just played a whole thing, all the playoffs. They're not going to play anywhere. These guys have been from February to what? What are we going into November now? Mm-hmm. Right? They're not going to play. So, what, what about a midseason that, that, tournament at the All Star Week like the hockey does? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily like that either. Um, just because you're working with so many different leagues, mm-hmm. you know, all across the, the the Dominican League and the the Chinese League and the Korean League and the Japanese yeah. League. They're they're all in different you know, spots in their season. Yeah. They play different times. Right. Yeah. yeah. But the majority of the players that are really making a difference across all of the teams outside of Japan um, are playing in the United States, major league baseball. Yep. Um, So I think you kind of have to, and major league baseball owns the tournament. So you don't like to go do something else, have someone else, you know, you think you made me okay. Make another me, right. If some, someone doesn't like it, go make your own. This is what, MLB is doing and um, I don't have any problem with it at all. So Word. all right, yeah, no, I definitely wanted to get your thoughts on that. And also mm-hmm. the other one from the offseason, the Carlos Correa Dodgers to match to twins. <laughs> yeah. Biggest two hundred million dollar bargain yep. in history trading around. What do you think about that saga that happened? Oh, woof. Congratulations. Woof. Twins. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, they're they're still in first place, but they've also Oof. And he's not I, even I, playing that well, though. I think he's, no, like he's playing, he's playing r- pretty poorly. Yeah. And yeah, that was a that was a whole thing, man. That was 
funny to watch. It, they kept throwing Baltimore's name in that mix, and I'm I'm glad we didn't uh, <laughs> we didn't pursue too hard or or try to give up any of that money because that that's like a crippling kind of contract to have if you're a a small market team, especially you know, like the Twins. How the Twins need that money. They they can't just go throwing you know twenty eight thirty million dollars around like that. They got to be very specific, thoughtful, and careful about who they put that kind of investment in. And um, I, I know there's some outs in there for the Twins to uh, to get to get out of the contract. And yeah, that was that was a thing. <laughs> I'm glad I'm just glad my team didn't get in there. Hey, you you guys dodged the bullet, didn't you? Not dodge the bullet. I'm not gonna lie though. When I, when it happened, he got traded. I, I I called my dad. I was like, "Oh, we got it. Yeah, we got it. The last piece we needed." And then just the the drama and the 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 steps that unfolded and just everything yeah. that happened and like, "Oh, we had. Oh no, we don't have him. Oh wait, yeah. he went to the Twins. Oh wait, he's to the Dodgers. Wait, Twins fans, are you happy that he went to other places first? <laughs> I didn't see the fit with the Mets either way. I mean. He was going to have to play a new position no matter what, right? They were either going to have him play second or have him play third. And you want Beatty not called up or do you want McNeil gone? What do you, what are we, what are we doing? It was Steve um, Cohen just trying to spend money. <laughs> yeah. It, you got Verlander. Go get, go get someone you know is going to help. Um, so yeah, I didn't yeah. see the fit with the, with the Mets at all either way, but um I'm we'll with see. you. I'm glad we didn't, and it's worked out. Our rookies have been called up. We've been playing well. I'm sure yeah. you're happy as well that y'all didn't sign Machado with everything that he's done with his contract in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that whole you know sliding door of what happened if the Orioles had signed Machado instead of Chris Davis is a whole choose-your-adventure book that could wow. go a whole different way. Because um, that was a decision. The decision was, you taking Chris Davis, you taking Manny Machado. That, that sliding door is a whole thing. Um, wow, I forgot all who, about Chris Davis. Yeah, who knows what happens if you spend that $30 million on Manny Machado. Your team probably stays somewhat competitive for a couple years. and But he's going to leave. He was eventually going to leave for whoever the highest bidder was. I get it. It's America. Knock yourself out. Go get all the money you can get when you can get it. So you could, it. Yep, you could break your break your leg tomorrow and never be able to, to run again. Who knows? So. It's all, get about, it while you can. it's all about capitalism in the United yep. States. We know that. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, do you have anything else for us today? I think that's all the questions I had. Oh, man, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, congrats on the uh, on the partnerships you got there. It's pretty cool. I, mean, I actually told them because they were looking to have somebody to talk baseball. I was like, man, I'll get you my MLB insider, and we'll get him on there and yep. talk to you. So Let's do uh, it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely uh, have more work to do. The Ball and Buds podcast is blowing up thanks to people like your MLB insider, Mike Weeby, my brother, my friend. Go ahead, hit them with your Twitter sign off and all that good stuff. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Omar. Congrats again. Um, you guys can get at me on Twitter uh, at Mike W, Mike D O U B L E E W E. Um, and I'll talk to y'all pretty soon here, definitely before uh, All Star break, trade deadline time. And you know how we like to end things here on the Ball and Buds podcast with Omar's epilogue. Yes, I again thank you for joining us on this amazing journey. And now in the outro, we are going to first 
blaze up a little bit while you hear about the different strains I've had, which were some amazing, amazing strains, and blaze a little bit of that good ganja. Smoke weed every day. And then after that, I am going to talk about Major League Baseball and their partnership with Charlotte's Web, a hemp-derived CBD brand, and how this could open up more doors and avenues for other sports leagues to move into CBD, hemp, and even cannabis down the line. That being said, before we get into that, you know how we like to start our outro where we get into the finest green. What kind of strains have I been smoking on lately? Smoke weed every day. Well, 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 we have had some... If you could see me, I know this is a podcast, so you can't, but I just did the chef's kiss. And so uh, we had some premium, premium strains first... On our list is a super, super, super exotic killer. It's a uh, runt and layer cake mix. And so they don't even have, uh, because it's so exclusive um, from where uh, it came from, it's not even in Leafly's database or or any other databases because it's really new. It's really exclusive. And uh, anyways, I was able to get my hands on some and it, uh, wow, woo. Definitely moved into my top five. So again, that was a runts and layer cake mix. Both of those strains have uh, a little bit of cookies mixed in there on both sides. So it is a, uh, you know, partly cookie GMO kind of uh, uh, gelato mix there. Smoke weed every day. And the three that we're going to talk about from the past couple months that we had aside from that one, because I don't have a lot of information on that super exclusive exotic killer, uh, the runts layer cake, but... The three that I do have information on that I really enjoyed. Uh, first one is Cherry Biscotti. It's actually rated a 4.3. It is a hybrid um, leaning more towards the indica side of the hybrid. It gives you relaxation, you know, makes you uh, tingly, even can make you a little talkative. Your terpenes are going to be peppery, herbal, and pine, right? So you're carefully in your pinene and your herbal uh, terpenes. It's going to, again, make you happy, relaxed. It has the flavors of tree fruit, which I don't even know what really tree fruit means, but whatever. <laughs> it sounds funny. Berry and also blueberry. Medical marijuana patients say that cherry biscotti helps with multiple sclerosis, hypertension, and also anxiety. It gives a nice, calming, relaxation feeling. And so I did like that one. That one is a mix of cherry pie and biscotti. And as you all know, cherry pie at one point in time was in my top five. It has now been removed from my top five because I've since had two cherry mixes that were both better than the original cherry pie. Now this was better than that last one so the cherry biscotti now moves into my top five with the Runt Slayer cake with your AK-47 and uh, I didn't really decide on the other two so I'm just going with the top three for now. Smoke weed every day. Next up we had the white 
Buffalo, a.k.a. Tatanka, <laughs> which just cracks me up with, that, with the names they come up with for these marijuana strains. But anyways, White Buffalo is rated a 4.5. It is a sativa, so it is definitely good for day use. It really helped to get me energized to, um, even though I couldn't really do a lot of walking and stuff, to get a lot of uh, studying done for my teaching and stuff done for my business. So uh, it did help to give me that energy. It is a 19% THC, which its major terpene is carefuline, right? The peppery terpenes. Um, it is a cross between Blackberry Kush and uh, Bay 11. It is, again, uplifting, active, euphoric, uh, which is pretty hard to find these days. Lots of things are either, usually either hybrid or indica-leaning. Um, it's really hard these days to find strictly sativa uh, uh, strains. Now, I've been able to find some, but I hear a lot of people saying they aren't. So, anyways, the flavor of white buffalo was sweet and sour. It was uh, Buds were covered in snowy white crystal trichromes that look really cool. Shout out to my boy um, uh, that sent me a little magnifying glass uh, bud holder. So it has like, it's like a glass holder, but it has like a top that has a magnifying glass in it. So you can stare and look at the trichromes and everything. The oh, It's so cool. Anyways, um, makes you uplifted. Definitely gets you focused. Like I said, helped me to get work done and studying done. Uh, flavors, peppery, woody, spicy, herbal, med medical marijuana, medical marijuana patients say it helps with fatigue, ADDD, and even seizures. Uh, but again, you want to start off uh, uh, the day with one of these type of strains because this will definitely help you to get errands done and get throughout your day feeling accomplished and successful. Smoke weed every day. And finally, the last one we had, which actually is is probably going to have to move into that top five if I decide to come up with another two. Sour Joker. Um, Sour Joker, another uh, sativa. So I was actually able to come across two sativa strains that I really enjoyed this past couple months. Uh, again, good for day usage, whereas the cherry biscotti I used at night. Um, this one, though, the Sour Joker, you definitely got to be careful. If you're not a uh, regular smoker, uh, if you're a beginner or a light smoker, please take this uh, very lightly. It is a 28% THC, so very, very, very high scale THC, even including 2% CBG, with its major terpene being the peppery carifeline. So it's definitely very energizing, but also very, very potent. So if you're not able to handle those, take it very slow at first. Um, but again, it does make you very energetic. It's stimulating. It's a blend of amnesia haze and East Coast sour D's. Uh, sour D's, no! Oh, cause some came in the mail today. These yeah, nuts. <laughs> Got he! <laughs> Got he. <laughs> oh! Whoa! Whoa! Sour Joker offers consumers a vigorous body buzz effect that is clear-headed and motivating, encouraging physical activity as well. So I would use it when I went to the gym as well. So it would be my pre-workout smoker. Um, anyways, it helps you to harness that mental clarity of the strain at lower doses and fueled up stimulation with continued use. Um, it had the taste of 
It was a, a, it was it was the chemical diesel taste of the sour D's, right? And had a little bit of honey mixed in there. Medical marijuana patients say it helps with fatigue, ADD, and uh, cachycia, which or I don't even think I'm I'm saying that right. And I didn't even know what it was until I saw it on Leafly. Um, but cachycia, c a c h e x i a. And so I had to look it up to see what it was. And it is a complicated metabolic syndrome related to underlying illness and characterized by muscle mass loss um, with or without fat mass loss. It's often associated with anorexia or an inflammatory process, insulin resistance, and possibly increased protein turnover. It's also known as wasting syndrome. It is uh, generally assigned to people that are gone on hunger strikes or, again, people like anorexia, things like that. So if you're dealing with any of those symptoms, uh, please, you can use Sour Joker as your strain to help you uh, to, to treat that condition. And again, it's terpenes are peppery, right? The caroline, pinene, and then your citrus, your limonene. So uh, a really, really A1 strain. I love it. it. If I had a top five, it'd be moving into that. Um, but right now, we'll stick with my top three. Uh, again, AK-47, your cherry biscotti, and that Runtles layer cake mix. And anyway, so those were the strains we had. Smoke weed every day. And now that we are sufficiently blazed and feeling mighty nice and fine, let's go ahead and get into our outro. I want to talk about CBD so far has been shown to help with seizures, pain and inflammation, PTSD and anxiety, Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis, insomnia, opioid withdrawal, and last but certainly not least, epilepsy and seizure disorders so for those of you dealing with seizure or epilepsy or anything like that may want to definitely look into cbd for its medicinal properties and now the partnership between major league baseball and a company called charlotte's web which is a hemp derived cbd brand and they have signed on as the league's first ever cannabis sponsor to become the official CBD of MLB. And so that is crazy. As you know, sports in the past have been as uh, society mostly, right? Resistance to marijuana, even though the dangers and the reefer madness and all that bullshit has been proven to be false. Um, but it's good that now Major League Baseball is showing the sign of starting to come around to the medicinal benefits of CBD, THC, marijuana, so on and so forth. And I applaud them. Charlotte's Web will be releasing a line of sport cannabis products that feature the MLB logo. In addition to rights fees and a revenue share in sales, obviously, that baseball will get, um, the MLB would also receive a portion of shares in the company, which is publicly traded in Canada. They claim they're the leader in the CBD category with health and wellness benefits, uh, and they are happy about the landmark partnership and hope to be more widely adopted as part of the health and wellness regimen of players and fans and so that is a huge point here because what that means the under reading that underlying mention there is they are going to hope to expand to other leagues as well if not at least right start the conversation which they already have for other leagues 
to open up to CBD and again down the line uh, marijuana. So, um, you know, again, I applaud MLB. It's uh, good. The deal includes the, you know, all the rights for the which will cover the postseason plus three years. Um, they say they are, uh, are, and MLB has been more progressive uh, of the professional sports organizations in the U.S. Um, they started allowing baseball teams in the league to sp- sell sponsorships to cannabis companies as long as the team could only sell CBD uh, products, and it was certified by the NSF International, which is a consumer safety and product testing organization that the sports leagues use, and they would also need to receive authorization from uh, MLB Commissioner's Office and uh, Rob Manfred. MLB has stood out among other, again, professional leagues willing to uh, to branch, to willing to feature the conversation a little more, right? Willing to enter into the conversation a little more. Willing to not let the the public and the naysayers tell them what could be good or beneficial medicinal-wise for their workforce. Uh, that being said, it did clarify that players would not be punished for using cannabis while they're not working, which other leagues have moved to as well, um, including the NBA, who no longer test for that in season. Um, before, right, these leagues were fining people and it was just bullshit. Right now, they're more about treatment, which is what I wish society would be more about is the actual treatment instead of the punishment, and our society would be a lot better off. But that's neither here nor there. That's for a actually that's not for another point in time. Might as well talk about that right now. Um, you know, as a society, the reason we have so many me- mental health problems and drug epidemics and things like that is because people don't get the treatment they need. Instead, people are punished uh, punitively, judicially, um, and their lives are just messed up further, which just then contributes more to their mental health or more to their drug abuse. And it's just a vicious cycle. If we really care about our people and we really care about the people going through the struggle, uh, the homeless, the the, the drug addicted, the mental health, um, then we need to do better. We need to help those people better. We need to provide more free medical care and things like that, or the problem is just going to get worse. And the problem is that a lot of people in this country say they care, but they don't really care. Uh, And it pisses me off because these are our fellow brothers and sisters that could just as easily be your family member that needed help. So just think about that next time you walk past a homeless person and, you know, just think about how shitty of a person they are. Maybe you don't know what went on in their life to Make them end up in that situation. Maybe you don't know about the mental health struggle that they're dealing with. Anyways, off my soapbox, back to what we were talking about. The policies are results of, obviously, negotiations between the league and the players' union, which, again, is going to now start to branch out to other leagues. A number of athletic governance bodies have recently relaxed their rules around cannabinoids. As laws change and medical applications become more widely accepted in the United States, obviously, as medical marijuana becomes more prevalent, uh, UFC, obviously... UFC even announced that they would no longer be punishing fighters over positive tests. Student athletes that are part of NCAA are no longer automatically losing their eligibility because of positive marijuana tests. Um, So again, this is great. The conversation around drug testing and sports is starting to evolve. 
Uh, we're moving away from punitive and more towards treatment. Um, and even then, I believe, obviously, as you know, THC CBD has its medical medicinal benefits that can help. And so this really came to the head. If y'all remember, we talked about last summer when Shikari Richardson, the Olympic sprinter for the United States, had that positive THC test after she smoked after losing her mom um, in a legal state. Right. And so she said she'd be blessed and proud if the attention her case raised came for policy policy changes for other athletes. Also, the White House and President Biden even questioned whether marijuana ban should remain the rules, which obviously, you know, I do not believe that should be so. I believe it should be legal. Um, you might as well legalize it. We're moving towards that. Every place I've been that has it legalized, it's not turned into some, you know, crazy reefer madness, zombie land or whatever the fuck. Um, now, the things we need to look at is the things like, you know, fentanyl and opioids and things like that. Those definitely need to be uh, curtailed. But again, not the people using them. They need treatment, not punishment. Anyways, uh, WADA the World Anti-Doping Agency decided to keep marijuana on the list of banned substances, <coughs> Bullshit. Um, which is rich coming from WADA, uh, one of the most corrupt organizations in the world. So, you know, fuck them. Uh, but they always are trying to be more punitive and punish as many athletes as possible for using whatever drug it is because they say that cannabis violates the spirit of the sport, which is the absolute dumbest, most ignorant thing I've ever heard. How would cannabis? Now, if you said PEDs, steroids, other things like that violate the spirit of the sport, sure, I would agree with you. But cannabis, I would say if anything, it would probably make your performance less uh, so, um, you would perform at a, at a lesser rate most of the time. Uh, so again, get that bullshit out of here. That's more of that reefer madness. And again, rich coming from WADA, uh, again, uh, uh, corrupt, corrupt central them and the Olympics, them, them damn selves, uh, the, the Olympic committee, uh, both of them are some bullshit, uh, cor- uh corrupt organizations. Anyways, uh, again, right, this is just going to open up the conversation more, and I love that because, again, it should be legal around the United States, and it should at least, at the minimum in every state, be legal med- medicinally for those patients that really need it for the medical purposes. Now, I believe it should be totally legal, but at the very minimum, it should be medically legal in every state right now. That should be at a minimum. And then we need to move towards full legalization. Even having Snoop Dogg, who was featured at the Super Bowl halftime show, right? Um, uh, there was also an ad that aired separately that indirectly supported legalization during the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, again, it's good that they're getting away from the punitive and moving towards the treatment, but we just need to look towards other avenues of allowing the legalization of marijuana and then moving towards curbing the addiction to opioids and other, uh, you know, very much more harmful type drugs than marijuana. So again, I'm glad these leagues are moving away from punishing players and moving more to treatment. Again, like I said, as a society, we need to do the same to save our brothers and sisters who are hurting out there. We need to legalize marijuana medically at the least across the country and also move towards full legalization while working to curb the real issues and cure the opioid addiction, which is the real problem in America. 
and leave us hippie stoners alone. Ah, ah, smoke some of that Runson layer cake. <coughs> oh, that's good, baby. That's good. Smoke weed every day. Woo! On a jolly good note, so all of my hippie friends, all of my friends, even if you're not smoking, you can still join us in spirit. Go ahead and light up anything you got on ya. The Ball and Buds podcast. We smoke, as Snoop would say, only the finest of the Chiba. The sticky, icky, icky. No seeds, no stems. Just that goodness. <laughs> Hit it while you got it. I hope you enjoyed that, my hippie friends. And as always, we here at the Ball and Buds podcast suggest that you smoke weed every day. Please make sure you don't forget, share this with your friends and family. Get them all to jump on the podcast train. We welcome everybody here at the Ball and Buds podcast, and we want everyone to join us. So please download, like, listen, share all over your social media. That being said, don't forget to send in those questions and comments to our new mailbox at ballandbuds at mvpsmp.com. It is ballandbuds at because I love my mama. D is in Victor, shout out Sonic Groove. P is in Papa, because I love my Papa. S is in Son, because I be sunning y'all fools. M is in Mama again, because I love my mama twice. And B is for boy, as in boy. If y'all don't go and send some damn mail to our mailbox, so we can have some fun with this, and we will read all the mail on the episodes post show. So again, holla at us. Yes, sir. Drop that. So I'm only going to say this once. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge me as the main event of WrestleMania. Acknowledge me as the champion of choice. Peace out, family and friends. I love you. Thank you for tuning in, my friends. Make sure to support your boy. And as always, subscribe to stay updated and download all the new episodes. Make sure to share this on your social media and spread the word to all of your friends. We love your support here at the Ball and Buds podcast. Until next time, stay safe, take care of yourself, be kind to each other, and spread love the Omar way. Holla! Five thousand.